New Guys Podcast, episode 17. Wow, we're, we're here. The playoffs are finally among us this weekend, Super Wild Card Weekend. Um, and before we get into that, make sure you follow us at New Guys Pod on Instagram. Um, drop us a little follow on Spotify, if you can even do that. Um, follow us on Instagram. All our handles will be in the description. And obviously, follow Ride the Wave Media on whatever platforms there are. Uh, you guys should know that at this point because, hey, you're here. So, um, Wild Card Weekend. We're going to go back to our old roots a little bit from earlier in the year where we just predict every game. Um, I mean, during the year, there were like 12 games a week. We're, we're dealt with six this time around, and I think they're a little bit more important. So, hey, I know some people like that old format, so we're going to give those viewers a taste of what they like. Starting off, we're going to go in order of which – and the order of the times they're being played. So up first on Saturday in the 1 o'clock slot, we got the number seven Indianapolis Colts going up against the number two Buffalo Bills. Um, the Colts just squeezed in this past weekend with a Miami loss to Buffalo. Kind of ironic that the Bills helped the Colts get in the playoffs. Now the Colts are going to most probably likely lose to the Bills. So Colts barely squeeze in. Uh, what do you guys think about this matchup? Just looking at it on paper. I mean, I think I, I agree with you. I have the Bills winning, as I'm sure all of us do. But, I mean, a lot of people, we were talking about this before the, we you know, hit record. A lot of people are overrating the Bills, I think. Um, writing off, you know, Kansas City, assuming the Bills are kind of a Super Bowl lock with the way they're playing. But, I mean, people need to keep in mind, they beat us by, what was it, 45, who, you know, were one of the bottom offenses in the league. And then they went and beat Tua in Buffalo. I mean, it's it's really not that impressive of their their run the past couple of weeks. Um, granted, Josh Allen's you know going to finish top three or four in MVP, so that's there's something to be said about that. But um, yeah, I, I think the Colts are. I mean, I, I, I trying to say that that they they didn't deserve to make the playoffs. I don't think that is, is true because they their record you know says otherwise. But they're just seeing Philip Rivers in the playoffs. And he's he's such a game manager now. You know, he's probably on his last leg. Um, they're really relying a lot on Jonathan Taylor and Naeem Hines. And, you know, in the playoffs, when you are relying so heavily on your run game, I, I just don't see them being able to compete with the Bills. Not to mention the Bills are, I guess, you know, have a certain number of fans in the playoffs now. And that is just added, you know, fuel for them. Um, so I, I, I'll, take the, I'll take the Bills, but I think the Colts will keep it competitive for, for a good portion of the game. I, I don't see uh, the Bills running it up on them by 20 or something like that. I think it'll be a, a closer game, but the bills will pull away, you know, towards the end. Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with most of that. I mean, I don't think the, the Colts are necessarily a bad team. I think if they had really anybody else besides Phillip Rivers on their center, they'd probably be a pretty, pretty legit contender. Like if you swap Josh Allen onto there, oh yeah, um, you're looking at a, a very, very good team. But um, that being said, the bills have played very well recently. Um, they've been blowing out some teams, not necessarily very good teams. The dolphins are pretty good, but um, they beat the Steelers a couple weeks ago, which is great. They are kind of hitting their stride at the right time, so I think for this game versus Indianapolis, they should be good. Um, but also, you know, Indy, you know, they're no slouch. They definitely have a very good offensive line, good defense, good running game, and as long as Philip Rivers doesn't, you know, Phillip poop, Rivers. poop himself, we're trying to keep it PG, so as long as he doesn't poop himself, um, they should be competitive in this game. I just think the Bills are better overall. Um, Josh Allen's really playing at a really high level. Diggs is unreal. Uh, the Colts, in order to win this game, are just going to have to play perfect defense. The run game's going to have to really get going against this Buffalo defense that has been a little better 
um, in the second half of the season. So uh, I fully expect the Bills to win, but it, it could become close uh, if you know things go right for the Colts. What excites me most about this matchup is I feel like the Colts defense and the Bills offense is just such an even matchup on paper. Um, that's uh, That obviously could not be true. Buffalo could blow them out, uh, and at the same time, Indy could hold them to under 10. I mean, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think that's a bit of a stretch, Indy, um, shutting them out. But you have guys like Darius Leonard and DeForest Buckner who have been eating up this year. Buckner had, not Buckner, um, Darius Leonard had himself an amazing game against Jacksonville. Once again, granted, it's the Mike Le- the Mike Glenn and Jacksonville Jaguars. It just, <laughs> he's still been dominant all year. And Jonathan Taylor, he ran for 250, 253 yards and two touchdowns this past weekend. Is Buffalo going to be able to stop that? Buffalo's defense isn't as good as it was last year. And their their identity has become Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, who captured their receiving title this year. And I think his matchup with Xavier Rhodes, who isn't what he was, um, shut down the Rhodes in Minnesota. He He's not at that level of play, but he's still serviceable for this team. But I think yeah. Diggs is going to win that matchup. I think it's going to be a competitive game through and through. But at the end of the day, I think Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs are going to be a little bit too much for this indie defense. And I'm, I wrote a whole predictions article with scores and everything. So if you guys haven't, go check that out at Ride the Wave Media. Um, I said Bills win this one 28 to 16. You guys don't have to give your score predictions. But yeah, that's right just be- fine. Before we move on, I want to, to your point about the, the Colts defense and the Bills offense kind of matching up well. I think in a sense also, like, we've seen the Bills offense kind of struggle against teams earlier on in the midseason. I know we're hit, we're saying they hit, they hit their stride, but we've seen Josh Allen kind of struggle against guys like you know, the Jets and teams that, you know, you wouldn't really think of as having these stout defenses. So we see it's not like Allen hasn't really stuttered at all. You know, someone like Mahomes, who's kind of been clean all the way through. Um, Allen's had his moments. You know, on the flip side, the Colts have against potent offenses looked really bad. Um, you know, they had they allowed 28 against the Steelers. They allowed 20 plus against the Ravens. The Browns put up like 30 on them. I mean, they've had games where they just look horrible. And I know they've had some injuries, so I'm not sure exactly which games they've been fully healthy. But I think there's a sense of like both teams, like there's no consistency on necessarily either side of that matchup. So you could have them both on and which would be a great matchup. And you but you could also have maybe one side, um, you know, hit a bad week and then that benefits either the Colts or the Bills. Yeah, I think um, the Colts are just one of those teams. It's very um, just iffy to me. It's kind of like almost like the Bears kind of. I feel like they're a team that like when they play really well, they can kind of upset your schedule. But otherwise, like they're they're really not great. And I like what you said, Jordan, that they kind of sputter against better teams. Um, you know, they're in, they're in an OK division. You know, the Titans are great and everything. But um, the Texans and Jaguars are just kind of easy prey, even though they lost to the Jaguars in week one. Um, I don't think the Colts are a team that can really excel against a high-powered offense like um, Josh Allen. Like I fully expect the Bills to put up high twenties, thirty-something points um, against this defense. Which yeah, I like the Colts. I think they're a good team. Um, if they win, you know, I can certainly see it happening. It's just I think the Bills are just on a really good roll right now. Not to overrate them, but I'd say besides the Chiefs, they're probably the second-best team in the AFC, um, bar none. The Steelers, I don't really think, are anything to. Like yeah, we'll get to the top tier. So, what's that? <laughs> we'll get to we'll get to the Bills being yeah, we'll the number get... the number two team in the AFC later on in the yeah. playoffs. But for now, we're going to move on to the four o'clock matchup on Saturday. I don't know what channel it's on. I believe Fox, maybe. 
Don't quote yeah, me. Yeah, I think it's CBS, Fox, then NBC. So this is the matchup that I am least excited for because these two teams have played twice already, and both matchups weren't even that stellar. You got the number six Los Angeles Rams and the number three Seattle Seahawks. This game is just so up in the air for me. I don't think the result is really up in the air, but the score I kind of flip flopped on. The Rams that they don't have a starting quarterback right now. John Wolford is not a starting quarterback. He he everyone's hyping him up. I mean, yes, it's an incredible story, but yeah, reality has to set in at some point where this team is going to the NFL playoffs. This guy who is fresh out of college, not even really a rookie. He's kind of I'm not sure how old he is, but he threw for 231 yards and an interception against the subpar uh, Cardinals defense. And I think we can all agree that Arizona would have eventually gotten it, gotten it moving if Kyler Murray played that entire game. If he never went down, I believe Arizona would be in the playoffs right now. And even when he came back, he wasn't all there. You can see he was hurting. Uh, I know a lot of Cardinals fans are blaming that on Cliff Kingsbury, but we're not going to talk. We're not here to talk about the Cardinals. They're not the playoffs. Uh, If Jared Goff plays, do you guys think it's going to make much of a difference? And how much of a difference does it make for you? Actually, let me let me put the let me put it this way: If you guys have the Seahawks winning right now. As of right now, I, I believe John Wolford is starting. If Jared Goff ends up getting the nod to play, does this change your prediction? Possibly. I think if Jared Goff plays, the thing is he's definitely not going to be 100%. He's not going to be anywhere near it. Because I think, correct me if I'm wrong, it was like a fractured thumb, dislocated thumb yeah. on his throwing hand, which is like the kiss of death pretty much, You know, especially for a guy who's not even that good in Jared Goff. So um, the thing is I'm looking at their old matchups and – in the past two games, which are obviously the only two games that they played this season against one another, uh, the Seahawks have scored 20 or less points. Um, so it really, I think, hinges on the Rams' defense, whether or not they can make plays. Because I feel like the Seahawks tend to, you know, they're a weird team in that they, a lot of times they play down in their competition or that like when they can't get anything going, they really can't get anything going at all. Uh so if McVay can kind of figure out a way to get at least something going on offense and their defense can make a couple plays, it could, you know, it could go that way for the Rams. They could end up with a W, but I I just don't really see it making a difference whether or not Goff's in there because the running game is good, but, uh, you know, it's the playoffs. It's a little different, and I just think the Seahawks have too much star power, too much, um, there's too much firepower really for them to keep up with, so. Yeah. I, I agree. The point you hit on at the beginning about Goff not being 100%. So your Anthony, your question, Anthony, if Goff was inserted in right now, would I would it change my pick? No. But if I were assured that he was 100%, yes, I would flip and pick the Rams. Because I think um, Goff's the kind of quarterback with, with that elite defense that the Rams have who have been great all season. They really haven't hit any bumps in the road. Um, and the way they've played the Seahawks, like Pat said, I would say that the Rams have a distinct advantage on that end. Um, and then when you have a guy like Jared Goff, who is a pretty good game manager where he can just, you know, slow the game down, hand the ball off short passes. He doesn't need to throw the ball down the field. Um, that's usually a recipe for success, but if he's not healthy, it's tough to pick a injured quarterback um, who's already the the second best or the, the, the worst quarterback in the matchup. So it's like, you know, if Wilson was injured, maybe you could still justify him over Goff. With Goff injured. It's tough to, you know, pick against Wilson in that situation. Um, so, yeah, I'm going Seahawks. But uh, I think the matchup to watch is Jalen Ramsey versus Metcalf because multiple times Metcalf's been shut down 
by by Ramsey. I think in both situations he's been held to under like 50 or 60 yards, something like that. Um, and you t- Pat talks about the struggles that Seahawks have had. I mean, when your number one receiver gets pretty much you know exonerated from the game by by the opposing corner, it's not good. And I think Tyler Lockett has been very underwhelming this season. He's not really a certified two anymore. I think he's more of a um, you know not not at the skill level, Danny Amendola, but kind of how Amendola was on the team. He's, he's a spot, you know, here, there, big game, kind of a boomer bust. So I'm not sure he's someone you can rely on. And when Metcalf, you know, is, 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 you know, kind of pushed out of the game, they struggle a lot. So I still think the Rams could keep it close. Um, I kind of expect a similar game to what we saw last time, what Anthony was referring to, and it's not a very entertaining matchup because I think it was like 16 to 13 or something. Um, but I, I'll take I'll take the Seahawks in like a low scoring game, uh, just because I don't think I think Goff honestly will play, but I think he's gonna it's he's gonna struggle most of the game because he's just not hundred percent. Yeah, Jordan really hit on all the points there. I was gonna get into that Ramsey versus Metcalf uh, topic there. Jalen Ramsey's locked down DeAndre Hopkins last week. What makes you think he's not gonna lock down DK Metcalf again? Who, like we talked about last week, the argument between him and Stefan Diggs. I mean, obviously now there is no argument. Stefan Diggs is better. He's got the receiving title. And I feel like it, we were talking last week and we were saying how DK Metcalf is more of an athlete as opposed to Stefan Diggs is a better football player. His route running is better. His catching is better. Just everything about Stefan Diggs in terms of football is better. Yes, I'll give DK Metcalf the nod in terms of some athletic ability, but. When you're going up against a talented guy like Jalen Ramsey, it's it's not going to be easy at all. So for that reason, if John Wolford plays, I have the Seahawks winning 16 to 10. And if the Rams end up starting Jared Goff, I'm gonna have I'm gonna say it's gonna be a little bit closer, 16 to 13, mm. if that's fair enough. So yeah. as of right now, I'm sticking with 16 to 10, thinking that Wolford is playing. That's one of the games, though. Before I move on, is like where I think there could be that, that that's an upset game. I mean, there's no, there's no guarantee that the Seahawks, the Seahawks, yeah, the Seahawks really don't look good. I mean, they're stumbling in as, as best as you could, uh, with, with Russell Wilson. I mean, they, they really slowed down towards the end of the season. And, you know, although the Rams, like, like I said, if Jared Goff was hundred percent healthy, I'm picking the Rams. So it's that type of game where if Russell Wilson isn't on, you know, you could see a, a six, three upset here in in the first round, but yeah. Yeah. I'm just going to say one more thing as well. Um, like you said, Jordan, I definitely think there's upset potential because, you know, the, the Seahawks barely beat the, the 49ers this past week. They won by three points. And, yeah. you know, the, the Rams are a lot better than the 49ers, even without um, Jared Goff under center. So I'd say, yeah, I definitely agree. There's a ton of upset potential here. Um, and I think it'd be hilarious. I feel like the Seahawks, I feel like the Seahawks aren't really great playoff performers Yeah. in recent years. You know, they're always kind of hyped up and they always kind of fall short. I recall, um, I recall a moment in 2015. Yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't quite think about it's not yeah, it's on the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it's on the it's on the goal line. I can't think of what. <laughs> <laughs> so um speaking of that game, Chase Young wants Tom Brady up next on Saturday night football on NBC. We got the number five Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking on the number four Washington Redskins. Oh, I said it. It's bound to oh, happen. Cancel Anthony. The number there four Washington football team. Uh there's a lot of controversy surrounding this game. I think this one's more interesting. I'm really excited for this game, mostly because I'm a Patriots fan, Tom Brady. 
I'm rooting for Brady this year. There I said it. Uh, <laughs> the way the the way that Washington won the other night was is surrounded in controversy, and I really want to talk about that because we're trying to touch on the important week in, the important week 17 games, excuse me. And I feel like that's been a, a hot topic over the last 48 hours. So, Jordan, Pat, I want to hear what you think about Doug Peterson's questionable um, decision making. Pat, you can go. Uh, you start it. <laughs> Jordan seems upset. I'm just gonna say that for the. For I, I mean, I can I can go. Pat wants a little bit of time. I mean, I don't. I honestly, I'm the opposite, Anthony. I don't have a problem with it at all. I mean. If the argument is that Peterson needs to this whole play to win BS is so dumb. You play to make your team better. And if you're if you're out of the playoffs with nothing to play for, why are you going to win the last game of the season and push yourself further up the draft lottery when you can get closer to a top five pick? I mean, I don't understand the the whole like integrity of the game is just BS that, you know, um, that the, the Giants head coach and the team is is like spewing out because they're mad. Look, you you won what six games in the season. You didn't deserve to make the playoffs anyway. Okay, so I don't know why you're complaining. And two, it's like again, the goal of Doug Peterson is to, you know, if he thinks he's going to stay there next year, is to put the best you know players in the team. The difference between the sixth pick and the ninth pick, which is what they were going back and forth with, is you know you could get a Jamar Chase or a. Um, you know, maybe uh, maybe you go after a defensive player that you need on the shitty Eagles defense. You know that like there's a significant difference in between the sixth pick and the ninth pick. Um, so I have no problem with it. I mean, teams do it all the time. The Jets blitzed uh, the Raiders on a hail mary, and Rugs, you know, got the touchdown, and the Jets stayed in the you know Lawrence lottery. I mean, th- that was that was talked about, but no one cared then. It's because it wasn't the last game of the season, and because it didn't have playoff implications. So I don't have a problem with it. Uh- yeah, I agree with Jordan. I mean, I definitely get the frustration. If I'm if I'm a Giants fan, like, you know, I'm pretty pissed off because you could have easily gotten in and then, you know, that happens. But if you're looking at it from the Eagles' perspective, why would you want to win that game? Like, if you're a player, I 100% understand you're playing for your future, you're playing for your contract. You don't really want to go out and just intentionally lose game. It doesn't really sit right, um, I don't think, in anybody's conscience. But I, I can't really get mad at it because at the end of the day, I like what you said, Jordan, where, like, all right, you won six games. Like you shouldn't have been contending for a playoff spot anyway. So, the fact that you're six and ten complaining about this is kind of just stupid because you had a lot of games. You had a lot of close games during the season that you could have won. You lost to the Bears. You lost to the Buccaneers in a really close game. You lost to the Eagles by one point, like two months ago. So you can't really complain now that you know, like you know you could have done stuff earlier to prevent this from happening. So I, I'm really unsympathetic to to Giants fans. Uh, yeah. I'm more of a fo- football team guy anyway. I, you know, I like what they have going for them, but I get it. I get it from Doug Peterson's perspective. Like, why would you want to get a worse pick and win, win a game that really doesn't mean anything? Like, you probably hate the Giants more than you hate the Redskins anyway, and you'd want to see the Redskins or the football <laughs> team get in uh, over them. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm not. I, I, I would be mad if I were a Giant. I 100% get it, but I also get it from the other side. So, I don't think it's a huge deal. And additionally. Go Sorry, ahead, Anthony, real ahead, quick. Ahead. Like the argument, you could make the argument that Peterson just, why would you want to risk Jalen Hurts getting injured? I mean, oh, too, yeah. if he's what you think of as the future, why, if someone's really going to get mad at you sitting your future franchise quarterback, maybe for the fourth quarter of a game that literally means nothing, I mean, what's the point? Well, why would you play him? If he went in, you know, broke his leg, I'm sure the ESPN headlines would be. You know, why was Jalen Hurts playing in the fourth quarter of a game that didn't matter? I mean, I, I could see... You can't really win. 
Yeah, Honestly. you could flip the script. So you're pretty much you were pretty much asking the Eagles to um, really make a poor move for their franchise because you want them to follow some integrity of the game that people made up in the past 24 hours. I mean, mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense to me. It's it, I don't know why people are asking for Doug Peterson to be fired. I mean, if Belichick did that, like like Pat said, if it happened to us, I'd be pissed. But if Belichick did that, I, I'm sure people would be calling it. Uh, one of those oh ch- yeah. check uh, chestnut checkers. It's that's why it's weird. It it doesn't. It's because it's Doug Peterson and he just has that name in Philly. Where people are like, you know, f that guy. But um, yeah, I don't have a problem with it. Man, I really no. like. Go ahead, Anthony. Sorry. See, now I'm gonna agree and disagree with you guys at the same time because yes, I get it. The Giants should not be in the playoffs. You won six games. You would be in the playoffs if you took biz- if you took care of business against the Eagles back in October. Yeah on a Thursday night, and you didn't blow that big lead that you had down in Philly, then you would be in the playoffs because technically the Giants and the and the Washington football team would have the same record, and the, the Giants swept Washington, so they'd win the tiebreaker. That I would have no problem with. But on the flip side of it, you have this young quarterback, right? It doesn't get all playoff implications that the Eagles were out, out of your head. You have the chance for this young guy to go in and ruin and knock out a division rival from the playoffs. I mean, granted, either the Giants or Washington were getting in. So what, you had the best chance to win that game because at that point in the game, Washington did not look good, like, at all. They could not get anything going. And Philly looked like they could have gotten it, something going. So why not go out on the go out of the season on a high note, go into the offseason in this big hoorah, like, yo, look at Jalen Hurts. Look what he just did in this game against a top-notch Washington defense because you can't knock Washington's defense at all they are still very good and at the same time why not use that ride high into the into the offseason and look look at our future look at Jalen Hurts look what he just did and that would give them so much confidence and I think it would be a really good Eagles offseason instead of having all this animosity at in the front office and at the powers of Philadelphia so I got to disagree. I don't think I think the whole ride high after the week 17 win is like an overhyped just like uh, notion that pe- that teams like think or that that the media thinks is like a thing. I just don't see like how Jalen Hurts winning a meaningless game at the end of the season will like catapult his potential to like another level. I, I mean, like when you say like, um, you know, start the offseason off on the right foot and come back stronger. I mean, I think you can come back stronger with the sixth pick rather than the ninth pick. I mean, I would give up a Jalen Hurts loss, you know to the to a Washington team that doesn't that game it doesn't matter for you know a spot up three picks I mean I don't I don't understand if this was like a situation of like that they were solid in their draft lottery and they didn't need to move up at all and they couldn't move back or or up at all I mean I would be I'd probably be a little bit different in saying well why wouldn't you just play it out I mean you had no benefit of it but considering they you know had three um selections they could have moved up and they and they you know, took that opportunity. I can't really get mad at him. And I, I don't see the, the, the hurts, you know, riding off into the sunset of his first rookie, of his rookie year, you know, being like a big, I don't know, positive. Now here's, here's the thing. Why wouldn't, if you have a rookie quarterback say, I don't know, we're going to throw Jared Stidham out there. N- not that Jared Stidham is like, not that he's all that, but you're in a situation going up against a tough defense. The odds are stacked against you. Philly was without Miles Sanders, uh, Fletcher Cox that night, Deshaun Jackson. He was without a lot of weapons. So why not you take your rookie quarterback, say, hey, show me what you got, kid. You're going up against a good defense. So 
Let's see what you can do in the clutch. That's the only... Get playoff implications out of your head and get the fact that it's a meaningless game out of your head. This is still a top-notch defense that is playing their hearts out to get into the playoffs. And this is this this game means more to them, so they're probably going to play 1,000%. They're going to leave everything on the field. So why not be like, hey, let's see what you got, kid. Again, I don't... Yeah. Before you go, Pat, I don't disagree with that thought process if there was nothing to benefit from the Eagles losing that game. Like, I take, like, Justin Jefferson getting taken last year three or four picks before the Patriots. I mean, that's the difference of what you're talking about. One pick. One pick. So even, even more so that one pick can change the, you know, the course of your franchise per se. So for the Eagles to get a chance to move up three picks, I really don't see a problem with them doing what they did. I mean, I just, it, it benefits their franchise more for them to lose that game than to win it. I know you can make the argument that hurts, you know, it could help hurts, you know, get that, you know, the feeling of like a, playoff regular season playoff game kind of like you got to win the game you know to prevent them from getting in but I just uh, it I feel like the the positives outweigh the negatives when you lose that game yeah I mean like I like I feel like I get it from both perspectives um I certainly understand anything like wanting to like from a player perspective I feel like you know I want to see what this guy has but I also feel like Jalen Hurts has proved a lot um to you already. I mean, I know it's like a different situation and everything. This is kind of like almost a, a playoff game atmosphere. But um, like Jordan said, you know, this is the difference between getting, I don't know, like, I'm trying to even think. Of, like you said, even Justin Jefferson, you know, and where we were, even one pick. This is a this is a difference of three picks, I believe, from nine to six. Yeah. Um, this is a talented draft. And if you can get a guy like Devontae Smith, if you're the Eagles or I really don't know a ton of prospects, but Jalen Waddle, even yeah, I mean, just get somebody really talented to help out your team. I get that. You might you might as well because you're really not going to gain a whole lot from from this game outside of maybe some more confidence in your quarterback. But I think he's already shown you enough to where you should have a good amount of confidence in him. So yeah, just remember, guys, we're here to talk about the playoffs, and we're going to kind of transition back to Washington's matchup this week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who. They're red hot right now. I mean, you could argue that they played some crappy defenses like Detroit. I'll give you Detroit. They put up 40, 50-something on Detroit. I get that. It's Detroit. You're bound to do it. But you can't knock out Atlanta. You can't knock Atlanta for that because Atlanta's a gritty team. I mean, yes, they finished the season 4-12, and 12, but they were in many situations where they could have won games. They just don't know how to finish. And especially against a division rival. I mean... You can't knock the Buccaneers, oh, you let up X amount of points and you only beat the, the Falcons this past week by X amount of points. That's kind of sus. That doesn't that doesn't sit right. But Brady is still lighting it up. Let's just can I just mention the fact that Tom Brady made didn't make the Pro Bowl and Kyler Murray did? Kyler Murray after he got that nod, or like after the halfway point of the season, he fell off. And there is yeah. no no debating. Pro Bowl is a joke. Evan Engram got a, in and like Yeah. I, uh, Evan Ingram got in. He has like 500 yards and one touchdown. Robert Tonyan has like 600 yards and 10 touchdowns. And yeah, um, I don't even know the other tight end I'm trying to think of. But had a much better season than Evan Ingram. But it's a popularity contest because people are like, "Oh, I use Evan Ingram and Madden. He's wicked fast. I'll vote him <laughs> in." So stupid. Pretty accurate. Yeah. Spot on right there. Yeah. But I don't think this. But, I know yeah, a lot of people are saying that. that this game is going to be close and everything. Washington could potentially upset Tampa. No freaking way, man. Uh, 
Tampa's going to win this one 38 to 10. Mm. Yeah, I, w- I would agree. I don't know if it's good. Oh, that's a, that's a big, this uh, one's going to get ugly. Okay. I mean, I don't necessarily agree with that. I don't think there's a chance Washington wins, but I think, um, I think they'll slow. I think the bucks will struggle at the beginning of the game. I think Brady will kind of, you know, do what he normally does and kind of eat the feel out process. You'll see first quarter, maybe a couple of four, uh, three and outs. Get tired and then bomb it down the field. Yeah. You kind of get him and you get him, you know, down and out Washington and then you, you know, strike. But I think you could see 20 plus put up against, against, uh, Washington. And I mean, Alex Smith for, for what it's worth, you know, he's c- comeback player of the year. He should run away with it, but he's not what he used to be, you know, six, seven years ago. And there's not, he doesn't have enough to compete against, you know, even the, the Bucks defense, which has fallen off completely. You've got Tom Brady on their side in this first playoff game in uh, on a new team um, coming off of the last playoff game he played where he looked horrible. Um, I just can't see him losing two in a row. So I'm going to pick the Bucks as well. Uh, I think this game could stay close to the beginning, but it's going to get to the point where the better quarterback just is able to take over. And that's obviously Tom Brady. I think Brady's going to make Chase Young eat those words so bad because it, it never works out when somebody tries to talk shit to Tom Brady before a game. He always like blows them out and absolutely destroys them, like yeah. kills their hopes completely. And it's even worse because Chase Young's a rookie. Granted, he you know he's he's amazing, but you know you you don't talk like that to the goat when you're a rookie and you really don't have anything to your name. So uh, yeah, I think the Buccaneers should easily win. I I don't think Washington's offense is capable of really doing anything even though Tampa's defense is not is not that good um yeah. at least as it was at the beginning of the year so yeah I don't, I don't have a whole lot to say just Brady's going to be out for blood I think and uh that's about it yeah back-to-back matchups I'm excited for not on the same night uh Sunday one o'clock number five Baltimore Ravens versus the number four Tennessee Titans now in all honesty this should have been in one of the primetime slots I think on Sunday night this should have been the primetime game just because I feel like these teams match up the best out of everyone in the playoffs. Uh, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense are finally hitting the stride. They're starting to, Lamar starting to look like MVP Lamar. And Derrick Henry, Mr. 2K, DH2K, no more CJ2K down in Tennessee. Doesn't have, doesn't have quite as good of a ring to it. But, but nonetheless, um, Derrick Henry has been on another level since last year. We've talked about it before. He's been the best running back in the last year. And he's not slowing down for the playoffs. These two teams met, I believe, was, it wasn't too long ago. Maybe like a month ago or a few weeks ago. And in that realm, they went to overtime. Uh, Derrick Henry ran it in. And that's what I think is going to be the difference maker again. Uh, yes, Lamar Jackson and the Ravens offense are starting to come into their own. And they look really hard to beat. Uh, the Titans just put, just let. The, the Texans put up 38 on them in an absolute thriller of an AFC South clinching game. I wouldn't say title game, uh, an AFC South clinching game for the Titans. That was entertaining as all hell. Uh, Tannehill's going to do his thing. Uh, he's going to be serviceable. That the thing, I think the most dangerous play in football is the read option fake to Derrick Henry and then watch Tannehill take off with it. Because at, at, there's a certain point in the game where you're just expecting Henry to run it up the middle, and you you clog that middle, you you pinch that uh, that defensive line, and then before you know it, Tannehill's taken off for 15 in the other direction. That's what I think makes this Titans team so 
difficult to beat their run game. I wouldn't necessarily put it on Tannehill. This offense is Derrick Henry, and I think anyone could agree with that, especially late in the game when everyone's tired, the defense is tired. That's when Derrick Henry's going to take advantage because no one wants to tackle this big 250-pound-plus monster down the field. So I think it's going to be another close one. I think this is going to be the most exciting matchup of the playoffs this weekend. Uh, I'm going to say the Titans take it, 34-31. to 31. I mean, I think I agree that uh, this is the game to watch, and it really should have been at least in a 4 o'clock slot or something. I don't know why it's the 1 o'clock game. But, um, yeah, this is the game to watch for Sunday, definitely. I'm going to take the Ravens because I think that – I've said all season that I think the Ravens – their team is not any different, really, from last year um, other than they've added J.K. Dobbins and Patrick Queen, which only makes their team better, really. So I've, I've said all season that when they get hot, you know, you got to watch out because they, to me, are still the second or third best team in the in the AFC. And they've gotten hot at the right time, whether they, you know, because they beat up on, you know, subpar teams still, you know, they're still riding in similar to how the Bucks are. You know, the Bucks beat up on pretty bad teams, but they've got the momentum. I think the Ravens have uh, got it right now. And um, Lamar Jackson and Marquise Brown is the, for me, that's the big factor. Marquise Brown is slow throughout the season, but he started, he's got five touchdowns in the past five games, two just last week. Um, when that connection gets going, that makes the, the run game, you know, for, for the Ravens even better. And it makes Lamar, um, you know, in play actions and option plays even more lethal because now you have to look downfield for Marquise Brown or look across the field for Mark Andrews. You know, once the passing game, which is picking up, gets going, that's when the Ravens get dangerous. And I think it's a revenge game from them for last year. And I, I'm, I'm having Lamar steal this one. I'm kind of having a tough time with this game because <laughs> the Titans defense is like terrible. They've let up, or they've let up rather um, 24 or more points in seven of the last eight games they played. The one they didn't was the Jaguars, which doesn't really count. And they've let up over 30 points in three of the last five games, which they played some good teams, but their defense just really cannot hold anybody. Um, so the Ravens, you know, like you said, Jordan, I think they're hitting their stride at the right time. And if they catch this this um, Titans defense off guard, they can put up a lot of points. Whereas the Ravens, on the other hand, I think their defense has the potential to really shut Tennessee down. Outside of Derrick Henry, we all know what he did last year, the Ravens, in the playoffs. But Ryan Tannehill, you know, I, I've I've been on this train the whole season. He He's not an elite passer. He's not a great quarterback. You know, he'll, he'll win you games in this system, but he's not going to go out there and really win you a playoff game against a relatively stout defense. So this is Derrick Henry's team, right? Uh, All right. Uh, he's Derrick Henry's quarterback essentially. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to go with the Ravens here. Um, I think it could be close. You know, if Derrick Henry does his thing, then this could easily go the other way, but you know, Tennessee's combination of relying on Derrick Henry and having kind of a shoddy defense, you know, which is a lot a lot worse than their defense last year. The defense last year was really what carried them throughout the playoffs. Uh, I, I think the Ravens are just going to take it. They're they're really hitting their groove right now, and the Titans have not looked great, um, especially defensively over the last like six seven weeks of the season. So, yeah, um, we're going to get into the next game, which I don't know. Maybe the Titans and Ravens should have been in the slot of, but I'm going to be rooting for the Titans. I got my Derrick Henry jersey ready. Alabama, not. I'll wear any college. That's a thing you got to know about me. I'll wear any college jersey. I'm not going to wear a Titans jersey. 
the only one I would wear is Brady. I have a Brady box jersey now. Ooh. But nonetheless, number seven Chicago Bears visiting the number two New Orleans Saints. <laughs> Do we have to talk about this one? <laughs> the the Bears, I don't. I think they're the least deserving team to be in the playoffs. I mean, I think Washington deserves to be in, even though the record doesn't say so. And even though Chicago has them by one win, Chicago hasn't really shown anything besides David Montgomery. Their defense, I don't think, is as great as everyone hypes it up to be. The monsters of the midway, Khalil Mack is coming. It's not. It's not good. Like, if you really look at it, I mean, Kyle Fuller is extremely underrated. I'll give you that. He has a chance to lock up Michael Thomas on Sunday. But, like you were, I think it was Jordan that was saying last week, it it might have been. I don't know. I might be confusing you with somebody. Hell, I might be confusing you with Colin Coward. I don't know. I kind of see the Thanks, resemblance. Tyler. <laughs> but when you're switching Nick Foles and Mitch Trubisky every week because, I don't know, the other one sucks more than the other every single week. I mean, when Jordan mm-hmm. said that, I was kind of like, eh. But now it's set in over the last week. And it's like, damn, they really don't deserve to be in the playoffs. And this one has potential to get ugly. Um <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you heard that one. There she is. <laughs> but um, it seemed like Chicago was hanging in there with Green Bay this past week. And then, obviously, Green Bay ran away with it. I think we're going to see the same formula. Uh, the Saints are going to win this one 35-13. to 13. This is going to be another ugly one. But at the same time, the Saints are probably going to be without all their running backs again. Alvin Kamara tested positive for COVID-19 and everyone around him in that running backs room, uh, Latavius Murray. And there was a few others that I can't name off, off the top of my head, even their running backs coach, they're going to be probably non-existent in this game. So mm. you're going to see probably a lot of Taysom Hill runs. You're going to see a lot of slant man. And I think one of the most interesting storylines as of right now, Mitch Trubisky is starting. Do we see Nick Foles in this game? And we know what Nick Foles can do in the playoffs. I don't want to talk about it. Nobody does, but we have to. I mean, I think you could. I, I I think you could see him come in maybe at halftime if they're not maybe moving the ball at all. But one thing I wanted to go back to is, I mean, if you you bring up the Packers game from last week, no one expected the Bears to beat the Packers. It was it was kind of like hopefully the Cardinals lose. That was what Bears fans were thinking, and evidently they did, which is a thing in itself. Like where you you lose the game to get in, but then another team loses, so you end up getting in by default. I hate that. Not talk about not deserving to get in, but um, I think one thing that that I saw against the Packers was there's just too many mistakes by Trubisky in the offense. I mean, it wasn't like they were, you know, like you said, they stayed with him for a while, but they started to collapse at the end. There were a lot of mistakes made, you know, where they could have stayed with him for longer, and they just didn't. And in that case, you know, yeah, you're you're, you're losing to the Packers. Don't no expect you to win, but when you're making these basic mistakes going into the playoffs, and now you have to face a Saints defense who's you know, top five, top three in the league. Um, not to mention in the dome where Breeze just seems to thrive. Uh, it's different in the dome. Yeah, he's built different in the dome, hundred percent. I mean, that's like a recipe. That's not a good, you know, recipe for a win. And uh, I don't know. Like you said, David Montgomery's the only guy that on that offense that. Oh, and Allen Robinson, but he's only as good as his quarterback, so he's kind of spotty. Uh, but yeah, th- their offense thrives through. Montgomery for the past couple weeks and he's going to get stonewalled by the Saints and Breeze doesn't even have to you know the argument about Breeze you know not being as good as he used to be that's fine but he doesn't have to be great against the Bears he could be (laughs) decent and still win so 
I'm going to take the Saints by at least a couple scores. I'll say by 14. I don't have an exact score, but a couple touchdowns, definitely. Drew Brees could probably be dead on the middle of the field, and they would still <laughs> easily win this game. <laughs> the Bears I, I are, agree with that. Are, are the biggest joke of a playoff team maybe ever because the football team, you know, it's kind of like a meme but at the same time. They have a great defense. The Bears are just like incredibly yeah. mediocre, and they, they somehow started like 5-1. and one. And now they're eight and eight. So they went three and seven over the last 10 games. And, you know, the only reason they really got in is because the Cardinals, you know, Kyler Murray was hurt several times throughout the past couple of weeks. And it kind of like their offensive ability, like really like the Cardinals missed the playoffs. The Bears didn't make the playoffs. That's kind of how I look at it. And, you know, the Saints, even if they don't have a running back, like it doesn't matter. They're still going to win this game. They have a great defense. Um, Their offense will be fine. Uh as long as they just have slant, man, they can really just have whatever, and <laughs> they don't have to worry about it. So there's really not a whole lot to say about this game. You know, Mr. Trubisky isn't good. The most Bears thing of all time, though, would be to replace their quarterback in the middle of a playoff game. Just You know, that's something they would definitely do. Jay Cutler um, comes yeah. out of retirement. Yeah, they'd probably be better off. You know, they really don't have a whole lot of options. Uh I don't know who's really better for them. Sometimes Mr. Trubisky looks good. Sometimes Foles looks looks better somehow but uh, i don't know i mean even watching trubisky last week he, he threw 50 times for 250 yards and like a pick and no touchdowns but he probably should add a couple picks because there was one play where he threw the ball into the end zone to a guy who was completely covered and the ball yeah. went between a packers defensive back's legs so <laughs> yeah the guy just the guy has the decision making of like a squirrel in the middle of the road and there's a big car coming towards him he doesn't know which way to go yeah it's it's just not good. So the Saints are well, going to steamroll them. And the big thing is with with your question, Anthony, about Nick Foles. I mean, if you replace Mitch Trubisky with Nick Foles mid-game, that about does it for Trubisky's time in Chicago. Because you can't replace your, you know, quote-unquote franchise or future quarterback that you think has some potential in the middle of a playoff game. Um and then be, know, you know, turn around the Bears. I'd be, I wouldn't be too surprised. <laughs> yeah. And then turn around next. I mean, yeah, you're right. It, it could happen. Uh, but then turn around next season and be like, all right, you're our starter. I just don't see it happening. But I mean, it, yeah, I mean, I think if, if the game is close and Trubisky just looks shit, maybe Breeze isn't performing well. And it's just like a, you know, six nothing game or something. Maybe you see Foles go in there just for a spark. But I don't know. I, I, I hesitate to say the Bears, even the Bears being as dumb as they are, do that. Not a very exciting game at 4 o'clock since I'm going to be at work while the Titans and Ravens play. That's just my luck, though. I think the NFL did that just for me. Um, final game, Sunday night, uh, number six, Cleveland Browns versus the number three, Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, I don't think it's ever happened in history. These teams just played in week 17. Now they're facing off in the wild card rounds. A little bit, well, well wild, if I, may, if I may say. Um, Shut up. These teams have That's had one. two close... These two teams have had some pretty close games this year, and I'm excited to see. I'm kind of excited to see this next installment. Um, but let's not. Everyone's hyping up the Browns. Yes, they finally did it. They made the playoffs for the first time since 2002. Like we've been saying, everybody's got a little Browns fan in them. Um, I'm certainly rooting for the Browns this weekend, even though my prediction later on will not say that. Um, we can't forget that. A Mason Rudolph-led JV Steelers team beat the best Browns team in, hell, 30 years. Literally 30 years. This is their best team since the Ozzie Newsome days in Cleveland. So you got to think, is this – and that was 
that was their starters. This was the Baker Mayfield. I mean, maybe, okay, you're missing Odell. What difference does that make? None. Uh, is, could Cleveland pull it off? I think this is a big upset for Cleveland if they can go in and win. And I think I will be in every Instagram comment section clowning Steelers fans if they somehow lose this game. Yeah, I think any chance that the Browns, I mean, they still have a chance, but any chance the Browns really had it, pulling upset, went away when they're practically their entire coaching staff tested positive for COVID today. Yes. Yeah. Like we saw the Lions versus, I mean, granted, <laughs> yep. that's, a, that's a little different. We saw the Lions without a head coach against the Buccaneers and they lost by 40. And they're yeah. only down was on special teams. So uh I, I feel so bad for Browns and their fans because the one time you make the playoffs and you have a great year, your your entire coaching <laughs> staff is sick and they're gonna miss the playoff game. Like versus talk about the most too, the like, most Bears thing. That's the most Browns thing. Yeah, that's the most yeah. Browns thing. And like they, they they could do it if they some you know, like if if the if the stars align, they could they could somehow do it. It's just the Steelers We'll probably just have enough star power to get over the hump. You know, the defense is good enough. Big Ben, as long as he doesn't, you know, have one of those games where he looks like a mailbox running around and throwing 10,000 interceptions, <laughs> they're probably going to be all right. Uh, I think the Browns really just need a miracle. Um, if it turns out that, um, as of right now, the game's not going to be moved if the game end up, ends up staying in place, you know, it's... Uh, it's really not looking good for the Browns. One thing I do want to say, though, is that if this were to happen to the Chiefs or something, like if Mahomes was to test positive or Andy Reid oh, or something, God. I feel, like, I oh, feel like the NFL would be inclined to move the game. Yeah, I agree. Versus versus the Browns. You know, it's it's not really fair. It's unfortunate, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm rooting for the Browns. I, I just don't think they'll be able to do it. Yeah, I don't really have much to say. I've been a pretty big, not cheerleader. I don't, I don't, I don't cheer for the Steelers, but. I just think that they're more legit than some people give credit for. So I'm picking the Steelers by, I think they're going to blow them out, honestly. Because I think, the, to your point, Pat, we saw the Lions with no head coach. And yeah, it's the Lions, but um, even listening to some of the ESPN analysts and stuff say, you know, how important the head coach is. It's not just about, like, numbers and, you know, schemes. It's literally, it's about, like, you know, getting the feel for the game. You know, having coached 16 games this season, you know what to look for and stuff like that. You know, whoever's stepping in here is not in that position, who was not in that position for, you know, four months. So, he's a good coach too. Yeah. At least that this too. Year, if this year's any indication, he's a really good coach. Yeah, exactly. And, and at that point you're asking Baker Mayfield to do more. Now you, you've put, you've shifted the weight from your coach to, to more on Baker Mayfield and against the Steelers defense. That's been great all season. Um, you know, you're just, it's just not, it's, it's not going to happen. It's not working out for the Browns this year. I mean, they look good for, for the future. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to be blunt, but I just don't think they're going to win um, or even compete in this game. Like Anthony said, you had Mason Rudolph last week, you know, it, it was a game. It shouldn't have been a, a two point conversion away from potentially ruining the Browns magical season. Yeah. I mean, even that, I mean, even if the game was within seven, I mean, it's it's the backup. You've got guys on the Steelers out. Dented. This was Yeah, this was a JV team that stuck with the Browns, you know, full squad. And that, you know, you now you put, you know, put Big Ben in there, put the other guys that missed uh, the game in. You take the Browns head coach away. I mean, it's like, come on. I think there's only one right answer. Yeah. Now, when I made these predictions yesterday, literally yesterday was Monday. We're filming this on the Tuesday night. And I said Steelers would win this one 27 to 24. 
in the most Steelers, or the, I should say the most 2020 Steelers way possible, Juju gets away with a pass interference down the field on a game-winning touchdown. I say, I said that the Steelers would be down 20, 24 to 20 um, with like a, like a minute, minute and a half left, something like that. And they'd get away with some BS that they've gotten away with earlier in the year. Some of the calls were a little bit more sketchy than others. But it, nonetheless, it happened. It's in the past. It's whatever. But now do I want to change that score? Because they just tested positive today, the entire Browns coaching staff. So I'm going to stick to my guns. I think Baker can do it. Um, I'm just going to stick to my guns because I really don't want to go back and edit my article. Um, <laughs> Respect. Uh, yeah, because I think the Browns can still be competitive. I think Mayfield's just that fire is just going to light up in him like it has in the past. And this time a game actually means something. So he's going to really ball out. So don't forget about Nick Chubb. The first drives will be telling. I think if you see, let's say the Steelers get the ball first. If you see a stop by the Browns, you'll know that I think it'll wake the Steelers up and say, look, this isn't, you know, this isn't going to be easy, which I think will be good for the Browns because it'll, you know, it gives the Steelers a little bit of anxiety. And it'll be good for the Browns because it'll show that they can slow down the Steelers' offense. And then vice versa, if Mayfield can drive down the field and score a touchdown at the start, I mean, you've got a little bit of confidence. But, you know, if you see Big Ben run down the field and, 10 plays and then you see Mayfield look, you know, just lost out there. You're it's going to be a long game. Yeah, I think the Browns almost have to score on their first drive. Mm-hmm. Um yep. something like that. But I, I mean, I feel like if if the Steelers get some pressure put on them, I mean, we saw them rally against will. the Colts a few weeks ago, but you know, you know, I don't think Big Ben in recent years has really thrived under pressure like that. So, we'll have to see um if the Browns put some pressure on them. Um it might be a little bit of a problem for the Browns, but it's cert- getting pressure is certainly not going to be a problem for the Steelers. Um, what is they have some like two hundred game or like I don't know some crazy number of games sort of cons- consecutive with a sack, and they sacked Mayfield four times this past Sunday, so yeah. that's going to be a problem. Pass protection is going to be major for Cleveland. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm really excited for this weekend playoff football. Um, in a way, it's kind of relaxing because we can kind of sit back and kind of just enjoy it now that the Pats are out. I mean, I would love to see the Patriots. Yeah, I love, I love this. Do love not it. get me wrong. <laughs> I would love nothing more than to see a Cam Newton-led Patriots team in the playoffs. But at yeah. the same time, it's like, all right, let's let's take a chill year, reload. We really wouldn't have done anything in the playoffs. So if nobody has any closing thoughts, um, we can send this show home. Yeah. I oh let me give you let me ask you guys this who we get the fifteenth pick now who are you guys who are your top couple you know couple choices that you think will be available there or maybe just one guy that you need them to draft if he's there if he's there I, I doubt mean, he will be re- but realistically I should say. um I don't really know Mox so I don't really know exactly who's gonna be available but Devontae Smith will probably be gone um Kyle Pitts I think is realistic because he's a very high talent but like not a lot of guys are trying to take a tight end in the top ten. Yeah. Um, so we could definitely use that. Um, any good linebackers? I re- I really need. I know. No, I'm not. This, I'm not good draft. on the defensive end. I I know yeah. like the big guys on offense, but yeah, I, mean, I would say. Yeah. No, I don't know any defense. I'd be tempted to take like Trey Lance or something, but I don't know how if that's too high or if it, like yeah. if we don't take quarterbacks really. So. I would um, say like, you got to look for Pitts or um, 
Smith, and then you've got like Jamar Chase and Jalen Waddle. I would say those are like your four. You got to have. I think Waddle. That's who is going to be my pick because I think Pitts and Smith will be gone by the time we get to pick. Uh, we were talking about it in our group chat before. Um, we were going to say, okay, Lawrence goes first. I feel like that's kind of a given, given that I'm there. I'm kind of repeating myself, but given the fact that Fields outshines in the college football semi-playoff. I don't think that really changes the fact. I still think uh, Lawrence is more talented, but I don't think the Jets are going to go quarterback. I think Donald is their guy. I think they should trust him just a little bit more. Maybe give him help. Maybe, hell, draft uh, no lineman. I forget what the guy's name was that everyone's projecting to go to. Penny Sewell. Him or Devontae Smith. Give him a little help. So, And if the Jets go O-line, I can't see the argument that, oh, the Dolphins are going to take a quarterback. They're not going to take a quarterback in the top five two years in a row. That's just not going to freaking happen. I'm sorry. Could. Um, the Cardinals, here's the question, though. The I, I kind of thought about this. So you, you guys hear about the Urban Meyer maybe signing with the Jags, or if, if Urban Meyer doesn't go, Ryan Day, who's the current head coach of Ohio State, maybe goes and signs with the Jags. If that happens, let's say hypothetically the field goes one because it's – you know, the Ohio State connection, does that almost force the Jets to take Trevor Lawrence? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Which would be wild. Because then it's almost Patriots fans should be praying for that. Because maybe Jordan, that could you, could you repeat that real quick? You said if uh, the Jaguars take like so I'm thinking else. so you heard about like the Urban Meyer stuff like where he made sign with Jacksonville as the head coach. And he was the Ohio State head coach. Um with Fields before Ryan Day, who's the current head coach, but he's rumored to be maybe signing with Jacksonville too. So I'm saying if one of those if one of those coaches signs, maybe they maybe they go Fields one to get that Ohio State connection, and then at that point True. you have Trevor Lawrence at two. I mean that almost forces the Jets to take a QB, which would be interesting to see how that would work out with Darnold. That's what that's what I was thinking about. And now maybe go ahead. Now here's the thing: I want to argue with you a little bit here, just because I feel like we have a better chance of getting or trading up to the first spot than trying to trade with the Jets. Okay, here. so in this situation, you have Fields going one. Lawrence is still on the board. Somehow, miraculously, at the second pick, Trevor Lawrence is on the board. And the Jets are not going to trade. They're not. We can send them our whole team. We can send them first-round picks for the next 10 years, and they will not take that offer, knowing that Trevor Lawrence will be in the AFC East. So does it really open up the door? Maybe a little bit, but – realistically there is a slim to no chance that that will happen i kind of meant more towards the fact that they may look to move darnell after that because i feel like if that if you grab two i took that in a way different direction okay yeah yeah but i mean i mean i can see it sucks because this is a year where like two great quarterbacks at the beginning of the draft and all you needed was one team that didn't really need a quarterback and you got two teams that i mean the Jets, well, I, the Jets don't need a quarterback, but they're in our division. And then you had the Jacksonville, who really need a QB. So mm-hmm. it kind of sucks the position we're in. But, yeah, it'll be interesting. This is one of the – just like last year, one of the drafts to watch. Hopefully we don't trade back and have everyone waste the first hour of the draft <laughs> waiting to see who, who we're going to pick. It could definitely happen. It's like last year, yep. Who picks before us at 14? Oh, God. Uh, is it San Francisco? Uh, I feel like it's San Francisco. Yeah, maybe San Fran. It's, like. It's the bike. Vikings. If the Vikings, if yeah, the Vikings do what they did to us last year, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. If they go, du- if they double up on receivers, oh my god. If say Devonte Smith falls back that far, 
or Jalen Waddle, and they take him at 14 and Belichick drafts out of the position like he did last year, I, I might. I just might run through my wall. I might just run through my wall. This one has I will do this podcast naked if Matt that happens Jones. again. I don't want okay. Mac Jones. I don't want any well, part I don't, of Mac Jones. I don't think the Vikings would take it. I mean, maybe if they're trying to move on from Thielen, but they just had – Thielen yeah. had like 12 touchdowns this year, like 14, and Jefferson is yeah nasty. Jefferson's the number one. He's the clear yeah. number one now. Vikings should take a QB, low-key. Yeah, QB. Yeah, maybe offensive line. I don't know how good their offensive line is. but Their defense is also big. booty cheeks. Yeah. Just yeah. ask their head coach. <laughs> We'll see. So, we'll get more. We'll get more draft content as we like move as it closer. approaches as we move closer. closer. Yeah, yeah. playoffs for yeah. now. Yeah. So yeah, we got a little bit of draft talk in there. We talked about some playoff football. Now all there is left to do is just wait and watch. Um, yep. We want to thank you guys once again for tuning in on all platforms, wherever you may be listening or maybe watching us on YouTube. Um, uh, just want to quick throw a quick shout out to Ride the Wave Media, giving us this platform to do this every single week. Um, make sure, like I said in the beginning, follow, follow all of us on Instagram uh, at New Guys Pod, as well as our personals, if you really care about us that much. And with that being said, we will know who is in the divisional round when we see you next. Mm-hmm. All right. Peace.